How do you want to be seen? My name is Lisa and I am a portrait photographer. I love that question. The more I ask it, the more I hear responses to it, the more I love it. As a photographer, it allows me to find out who it is that I'm working with, who they really are, not just what they look like, and then create their portrait to reflect back to them their own beauty and strength. I've also determined to use that question to continue the conversation in this format, working with entrepreneurs and creatives alike. And today, my guest is a creative and kind of an unexpected entrepreneur, Trisha Heed. I almost literally ran into her and thought, I need to photograph this woman. And I'm so grateful that I did, that she allowed me to be the one to show her her beauty. And now, as I see her creating this, this business, developing her own creativity, it's just such a joy to watch. Enjoy my conversation with Trisha as she describes how it is that she determined to take this step in her life, how she is benefiting from it, and how she would like others to benefit as well. So I am here today with Trisha Heed, and she has just created, she just decided that she's going to create this beautiful jewelry line. And I'm going to just let you, Trisha, I'm going to let you go ahead and describe how this happened and why it is that you love what you do. First, I would need to say I wasn't even looking for a business. I'm a retired teacher. I had a career of like 40 years of teaching. And I have a wonderful part-time job. I teach spin or indoor cycling classes at the Y and Option One. Which is where we met, Option One. That was great. That's right. And that kind of satisfies the teacher in me and the athlete in me at the same time. But this was kind of crazy. It was sort of a dream come true. Uh, A number of factors, I guess you would say, align themselves in a serendipitous kind of way uh, for me to start Trisha's Treasures. I've always... um, dreamed of having some creative outlet and I've had I've done things like sewing and weaving and a little photography and but never really found that one thing that I called myself an artist at in combination with that desire to be creative I also have a love of rocks and minerals (laughs) I've had it all my life I know who who loves a rock and um, I've been collecting heart rocks so I have this rock thing going on and need to be creative but not looking for a business at all and never in my life making jewelry. So it all kind of happened in September when I came back from a wonderful trip to Italy. I was in Italy on this gorgeous beach in Sorrento and I was walking around and noticed that there was green sea glass and little pieces of pottery that had been tumbled and they were so beautiful. And I wasn't sure exactly what to do with them, but I started collecting them like crazy. And I had this big <laughs> pile of, <laughs> I had this big pile of sea glass and pottery shards. And my husband said, you're really going to take all those home with you? Uh, we do have to put them in the suitcase. So I kind of <laughs> threw a few hands full of them and I had no idea what I was going to do with it all. Uh, I was traveling with a friend and she suggested, well, why don't you make jewelry? And I said, yeah, I don't know anything about that, but they're pretty. I'll do something with them. So I brought all the jewelry, all the, the pottery and sea glass shards home with me. And my wonderful son said, mom, I have um, a drill press. And I think that uh, we could set it up and you can make holes in those things. And so that was <laughs> September. And that was the, that was the thing that pulled it all together, making holes in things to make jewelry. Are you so excited when 
when you do that. I mean, I can just imagine somebody saying, I can set up this tool for you to do everything you need. <laughs> that would be so exciting. I know. And it was so it was really, really crazy because I started drilling a few things and, and then I bought a, a, some leather cording. And I said, all right, I can put the leather through this stone. And then I started just going crazy with beach stones and river stones. And I mean, it's, it, it exploded exponentially. I suddenly I was drilling <laughs> rocks and putting beads and metal pieces and glass together. And I've been doing it like every day ever since then. And that was in September. Oh, oh I just love it. And I love that your work is, it's so unique, of course, because every piece is different, but you can kind of tell that they're all you. So they have your style to them. And I love that it's not just beads. Because sometimes the beading, you know, it, it doesn't look really high end, but your stuff just looks beautiful. It was funny because I, I said something about my jewelry and the, the business. And I said, you know, there's probably somebody out there doing exactly what I do, but I haven't looked it up and I haven't Googled it. And she said, don't. Right. And, right. And I did advice and didn't. And I'm so glad I did because sometimes stuff will pop up on my computer and it will be you know, sea, sea glass jewelry. And I realized it's stuff that's been tumbled in a tumbler. And I thought, no, I'm just going to go with my style and not worry about anybody else. So what if they're making the same thing? <laughs> so it's helped Good. me a lot. Great advice. Good. And really think of it. How would that have impacted and influenced you if you started comparing your stuff to other people's stuff when you first began this? You know, it, it may have discouraged you or whatever. So this is just authentically you. I think it's great. Well, I, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that I just sort of went off and took my own trip. <laughs> Good. And didn't you tell me that the glass really is different in various parts of the world? Yeah, I think it is. I haven't done a, a lot of searching for glass around the world, but I, the pieces I picked up in Sorrento, this gorgeous green and white. And I do know that green and white glass is common um, in different places, but I'll tell you, I spent one whole weekend with my husband in Cape Cod looking for glass, and I found about three pieces on seven different beaches. Really? I wonder why that is. I have heard that because we are recycling and using a lot of plastic, that things that were thrown in the ocean that became sea glass are not quite as prevalent anymore. And the stuff that... Oh we get in Europe has been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. So some of it is very different and it's much older. I never it's thought about that. That's right. You're dealing yeah. with stuff that it, it could be ancient. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. I, haven't, you know, I haven't investigated. I don't know how you actually tell how old a piece of pottery is, but uh, just the thought that it could be hundreds of years old and, and now we're using it for something else makes me happy. And so the styles that you've used, um, you said you started just with leather going through and then you started adding beading. But then I've also noticed that you incorporated little trinkets that would be indicative of maybe your customers. For instance, you had some as runners, I think, right? You had a little runner um, on some of them? Well, yes, I know. I, so I started, this is another story. I started a whole other line because I have so many athlete friends who are runners or cyclists or um, in canoe or paddle sports. And I decided that I had this other separate line. That's my, my sports line. And I brought my little runners, like Ted, Ted has the display of them in his store and he's selling my little runners for me. And so I just make runners for his display. And so I, I'm learning how to be a businesswoman, actually. And I didn't even realize that. 
That's so great. And speaking of which, so we're going to let listeners know that when you say TEDs, we mean TEDs on Main Street in Keene, New Hampshire. Yes. And and my actually my very, very first person, I was having my hair done at Moda and Nick Sansone loved my things so much. He said, why don't you leave some on my counter to sell? And so I have a dozen or so necklaces. My other line with the, the glass and the, the stones because um, they fit his taste in his store. So yeah. Would you be willing though to do commissioned work? I, you know, I actually have done a couple of pieces. You did not tell me this. Tell me about your commission work. Trish. Well, one friend had, she also collects heart rocks and she brought me two of her heart rocks and asked me to make necklaces for her. So I made two heart rock necklaces for my friend out of her stones that were her treasures and I absolutely love doing that. And just last week, she sent me a picture. She said, I wore this to school today and I really love it. And it just, oh, yeah, it was a, it was a great, great feeling. Um, then I had a young gentleman from the, uh, the Lions Club. We were doing Mamma Mia. And he said, I see your work, but there's nothing that I really want to buy. I want to commission you. You know me long enough. Make me something. And I thought, oh, <laughs> that was like the real pressure. Make me something. So those are my, those are two of my commission stories. And I think he was very happy with what I made for him. I guess the nicest thing about this that part I didn't anticipate is it really is heartwarming to see somebody wearing something that you made and telling you how much they love it or that they gifted it to someone and they, um, the person just appreciated because it was a one of a kind gift and it made it so special. So that was, yeah. that was not an anticipated thing out of selling I just had so much stuff. I thought I should sell it because I can't wear it all. But hearing from people um, has has been a, a super heartwarming result I hadn't anticipated. But the other thing that has happened is, and it's something about stones. Stones seem to tell stories even to people who don't collect them. Like I had this one necklace for sale and a woman had three, and it was big stone with three pieces of glass. And she said, I really love that, but can you make me one with two pieces? And I said, sure. And she said, it's because I wanted to remind me of one stone for my daughter and one for my son. And so, oh my goodness. Yeah. She already put a story with it and I hadn't, she hadn't even purchased it, purchased it yet. And another person, there was a stone that had like these, it, it varied from light to dark and had beautiful striations in it. And the person who bought it said, I love this because it reminds me of sunrise to sunset and it just represents the day to me. And I thought, People, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's really the coolest thing that people are, are attributing stories to their, their necklace. And it's just not another pretty piece of jewelry. You must love that. I do. I, really, you must just love that. That's like one of my very favorite things is people are telling stories around their necklaces. <laughs> I definitely want to incorporate your work. And you and I have talked about creating these portrait sessions wherein various creatives are involved you with your jewelry and then somebody else is a designer and somebody else's hair and makeup artist and all of this. And I think once we start that, it would just be incredible to be able to exhibit your work in various settings. Like you just mentioned the, the middle schooler, man, you get a middle school or high school kid loving your stuff. That's it. They're your evangelist. Yeah. That whole idea has like been in the back of my brain that I hope you get to to pull it together. I just, I love it. And I, you, you just have a certain way of attracting and using creativity that is, you know, just impresses me so much. So I can't wait to see oh. a piece of my work incorporated with yours would be just delightful. 
Oh, yeah. And it will happen. It may be a few months from now, but it will happen. So now let's talk about what's happening now. Um, we don't have to dwell too much on it, but how are you doing with the whole pandemic sweeping the world? Do you feel as though you're able to keep as positive an attitude as you can as you're creating? Is that kind of um, a therapeutic outlet for you? Yes. You know, I, it was, I was just telling someone yesterday um, how I'm so glad that I'm doing this now at this time because it's allowed me to just spend a lot of time doing what I'd like to do. So it's, it's a real positive thing for me to be in the house and, and to be, you know, to spend more time at it. Now, I alluded to the fact that you and I met when you were teaching spinning at option one. You came out of the spinning class and Trish, I was just like, I have to photograph this woman. And so I had the opportunity, the privilege to photograph you. And it was just such a lovely experience. And I just love the work that came out of that. But one of the questions I ask all of my clients is, how do you want to be seen? And in your case, what prompts you to create and your generosity and your kindness and your joy and all, I mean, those are the, the things that I think of when I think of you. How would you want to be seen? Well, I think that you, you captured it and I just want to be seen as a person who has a lot of happiness and joy in my life and um, just loves helping other people be happy. And, and this for me is just heartwarming and I'd like to have that come across. I do need to say this to you, Lisa, because when you asked me that question at the gym, I remember very distinctly saying, are you sure you want me? I'm old, you know, and I don't photograph well. And those are all the things you always say to people that everyone says. <laughs> right, right. I do remember. Like you genu genuinely did not see your beauty. And that's that was just such a joy to be able to show you how beautiful you are. It was just, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like my privilege. <laughs> it's just such my honor, really. I think I also shot you a text once saying, I wish every woman who's over 65 could come and see you because it just changed my life. It was just oh. that moving. I'm so glad. And thank you for saying that. And I really wish every woman over 65 would come visit me too, because, you know, I, I was just I'm trying to send them your way and tell them they will never regret it. Oh, thank you. Like people who have spent the majority of their life giving and not even thinking about who they are. They just sort of were pigeonholed into being the mom or the, the wife or the caregiver or all of these things. And I don't mean just as though those are small roles, but right. as a woman, to be able to be seen as a woman is, ugh, it's just so beautiful. I love when you post stuff of, of all, the, all the age groups you've done. They're just wonderful. I plan to be using you quite a bit at my studio. So once everything works out, there are a number of people I've run into during this, the sequester from society. I am gathering people together. So hopefully you will do me the honor of showing up there too. Sounds exciting. have something to look forward. Well, Ms. Trish, I want to thank you for your time today. And I really hope that our listeners check out your stuff. And then whenever they can, however they can, be sure to reach out to you. Oh, thank you, Lisa. This was really fun. And I appreciate your taking time to include me in your podcast. Oh, I'm so happy to. You take good care of yourself, okay? Alrighty. Thank you again. Isn't she lovely? She's just so wonderful to be around. 
Once it's safe to be together face to face, I'm so looking forward to working together with Trisha. Besides events that I'll be having at the studio, such as Meet the Artist events, I alluded to collaborations with other artists, including designers, so that we can create magnificent portraits with all of our skills and talents brought together. In the meantime, I'm going to make sure that her contact information is available to you so that you can take a look at her work on Instagram and reach out to her there as well. So how's everyone doing? This so-called downtime has allowed me to do a lot of work kind of behind the scenes in my business that I so often put off. And I guess I can say I'm grateful for that opportunity. It's really allowed me to think about the importance of that question of how you want to be seen. I've known for some time, but I think it's being magnified with events being as they are, that the way we act in our daily life, whether it's in business, community, our families, or when we're alone, the way we show up, the principles that we hold dear and stand to, that is how we're seen. And isn't it beautiful that we get to choose what that looks like? There are parts of our appearance that we can't do much about at all, but who we are We have control over that. And as a portrait photographer, I'm going to say again that those things, those identifiers, how you treat others, how those who love you most see you, that is how you should be seen. Stay safe, be kind, and thank you for listening. Until next time.